He looks like something out of Star Trek. Does he look like a Klingon or something? He kind of looks like Commander Data a little bit. Okay. Anyways, are we all ready? Yeah, let's do it. And I could go on forever. I don't know. I hope I... I mean, we wanted to do... I, I did a couple on uh, ones that aren't known, but... Sure. I mean, they're mostly known. God damn it. I don't we'll know. We'll see how it goes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. It's your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. 102. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 102. 102, 102. It's crazy. I, it still doesn't still doesn't set in that we're in the hundreds. Yeah, like, I <laughs> I really cannot believe that this is happening, but whatever. Yeah, incredible. Thank you, guys. At least we're still kind of having fun. Yeah, I'm having a good time. Anyways, 102 episodes. Any comments on the last one, the Pirates episode? Great episode. I thought that was a very fun one. I thought it was strong. I said so many dumb things on that episode, though. Like, I cannot believe how stupid I am. I couldn't remember Jack Sparrow... <laughs> I thought Mickey Mouse was a fucking Dalmatian. Oh yeah, I remember that. Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey I don't know Mouse what the hell. Mouse. Yeah, it's a mouse. It's not a Dalmatian. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. That was that was a rough. That was my roughest episode. I would say. I don't know. I thought it was a good episode. It turned out all right. It ended up being pretty funny. But agreed. Anyways, what kind of news stories you got today, Ben? I got three. I'm gonna start out with this one from Sky News. Uh oh. Man suing Buffalo Wild Wings restaurant chain after claiming boneless wings are actually just chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, I have this one from today.com. So uh, go ahead and get into it, Ben. Let's get into it. Eamon Halim is suing the restaurant chain Buffalo Wild Wings for false and deceptive marketing after claiming their boneless wings are actually just chicken nuggets. Mr. Halem, who filed his lawsuit at the district court in Illinois, said he purchased the wings, quote-unquote, <laughs> at a restaurant in Mount Prospect, Illinois, in January. He added that under that he was under the impression he was buying deboned wings because of their description in, on the menu. However, his lawsuit states, unbeknownst to plaintiff and other consumers, the products are not wings at all. Instead, slices of chicken breast meat deep-fried like wings. Indeed, the products are... More more akin in composition to a chicken nugget rather than a chicken wing. Had plaintiff and other consumers known that the products are not actually chicken wings, that they might have paid less for them or would have not purchased them at all. Therefore, plaintiff and consumers have suffered injury in fact as a result of defendants' deceptive practices. Halem from Chicago is seeking damages, injunctive relief, restitution, declaratory relief, and all other remedies the court deems appropriate. But the filing does not state the exact monetary amount. There's more, but you get yeah. the gist of what's going yeah. on. And I brought this one to the studio as well. So See, here's the thing. I don't know if I totally agree with the lawsuit going that far, but somebody needed to do something with yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings because, first of all, their prices are outrageous. Sure. They're ridiculous, and their portions are small. Sure. When I ordered a side of fries one time, I saw that they were like three sixty. I about flipped my shit. Last time I went there, it was like, for two people, it was like $75 or something. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was like, unreal. Like, and they changed the menu. Like, I looked on the menu, and they had like large, medium, and snack for the chicken wings. I'm like, what's a snack? 
See, a snack is like almost enough. A snack and a side is almost enough. No, definitely not. So how See, many how many chicken wings do you get in a snack? I feel like it's enough. Like I feel like the last time I went there, I was hungry. It was like right after work. As I ordered like I don't know, was it a ten or a twenty? All I know is I didn't finish whatever the hell I ordered. They don't do pieces anymore. It's either yeah, it's like I think it was large, then it was like medium, and it was like snack. Sure. I'm like, what the fuck is a snack? <laughs> so maybe I got like the the. The medium. Maybe I got it wrong. It's been a while since I've been there, but I swear to God. See, I'm not a big fan of chicken, like the bone-in chicken wings if I'm out, out like at a restaurant. Because like if I'm there, like if I'm going out to like sit down at a restaurant, I'm dressed nicely. Sure. I'm like taking care of myself, trying to make myself look good. I'm not going to sit there like eating with my hands like that. Sure. You know? Now, sure. that's not everybody. Like I, I will eat like bone-in chicken wings at home or something. Yeah. But it's like I don't like... All the shit on your hands. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to run through a hundred napkins. Yeah. Eating ten wings. I'm the same way. I don't take wings to work. Sure. So, with that in mind, these boneless chicken wings, to me, are a decent enough alternative. See, the problem is, is like, I remember the snack being like $13. And I'm just like, I think these prices are a little ridiculous. Because you don't even get like 10 chunks in that. It probably is. See, to me, I always order more wings than I can eat. Even boneless, I always order more than I can eat. Like, at the place down on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I ordered from them that the last weekend. Yep. Ordered 10 boneless wings. I could only eat nine. Like, I was, like, stuffed after nine. See, I ordered 20. 20? Yeah, and I eat them. You eat them all? Yeah, bone in. I, I get boned in. Bone in? See, what's the difference between bone, <laughs> bone in and bone in? <laughs> <laughs> well, boned in. <laughs> boned in. <laughs> Boned in is bigger, and I believe they taste better. But I mean, this mother, this dude is right. I mean, it's I'm not. not it's he's not te- wrong. It's not technically a wing. It's a chicken chunk. It's a. It's it's a piece of chicken breast. Sure, I'm not saying he's wrong. Now, where he can really win is if he bought the the kids menu, like the chicken nuggets or whatever the fuck they have on their menu, and if those are the same thing as what I'm paying fifteen bucks for a snack size. <laughs> Then, yes, sir, there is a case there. I don't know. If you guys know the prices at Buffalo Wild Wings, tweet us at 30 in the. And if you've worked at Buffalo Wild Wings, please tweet us. Please comment on Facebook. Please let us know all about your experience and what you might know about this whole wing scenario. Yeah, please correct us if we're wrong. We probably are. Yeah, we don't really know. Anyways, that was a good news story. Obviously, it must have been good because this, we didn't find this one on UPI on news, yet we both brought this to the studio. Yeah, I was surprised I didn't see it on there. So, anyways, I got one from. Uh, foxbusiness.com nice now this is gonna play into a recent news headline that has been kind of hitting maybe the last week or so silicon valley bank posted financial crimes senior manager job listing just before closure now i don't know how much you've been paying attention to the recent headlines we had the collapsing of silicon valley bank out in California this week. I don't know if you heard about that at all. I think, yeah, I saw something about it. Basically, this was an investment bank that had a run on it because they ended up over-leveraging their situation and they ended up having to borrow a whole bunch of money. And once that hit public headlines, everybody ran on the bank, basically. Mm. And then once regulators stepped in, they ended up shutting down the bank. 
Wow. So I'm going to get into this news story. Sure. Silicon Valley Bank posted a job listing for senior manager financial crimes <laughs> on Friday just before <laughs> it shut down by regulators. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, said in a press release Friday that SVB was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, which appointed the FDIC as the receiver of insured deposits of the bank. On Friday, the SVB posted a job opening for senior manager financial crimes. As part of the job description, the employee would be expected to act as a subject matter expert in interpreting regulatory change related to the various due diligence processes to include customer due diligence and enhanced due diligence processes. The position within client risk assesses the prospective bank risks pre-onboarding to approve or decline the prospect as well as review clients who may pivot during their relationship and require approval through the client's relationship. The job description states. <laughs> <laughs> so who the hell is applying for this? Is anyone qualified for Nobody this? Nobody is. <laughs> In a statement, the FDIC said that all insured depositors will have full access to their insured deposits no later than Monday morning, March 13th, 2023. Uninsured depositors will be paid an advanced dividend within the next week, the FDIC said. Now, I'm not going to get into this too deep, but the whole Silicon Valley Bank thing, it's a situation. Sure. Now, different members of the media are making this out to be something that it really isn't. This is a situation Silicon Valley obviously says San Francisco, San Fernando Valley, tech industry type whatever going on. This is a investment bank, much more so than it is a consumer bank. What happened with this whole thing is basically this bank was investing in tech startups because that's what everybody likes to invest in, but they were doing a really good job of picking out people that were the second to the second person to the idea, and they were really good at picking out companies that felt really good to invest in, but didn't actually have the competence to succeed. Sure. If there was possibly a blank that could be a woke bank it's this bank okay and when you look at their balance sheet you look at their investment decisions in terms of where the capital they controlled went it wasn't to companies that were successful it was always like okay well this idea exists well this group's gonna try to put together this new idea that basically is the same thing that already exists but like rebranded a little bit hmm. so sooner or later when these companies aren't returning on investment at all Things are going to fall apart. Things are, yeah. Now, Silicon Valley Bank was very, uh, this was a big bank. It's not like this is a small institution that failed. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big bank. But when it comes to the people that were affected by this, these were all idiot, really rich idiots, basically, that were just kind of throwing money wherever they wanted to. So this is this is not a to me at least this is not a sign of panic for average Americans. Right. Average Americans weren't keeping savings accounts at Silicon Valley Bank. Right. And if they were keeping savings accounts at this bank, if they had less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in that account, this would have been fully FDIC insured. This is an investment bank, a, a very selective investment bank that decided to invest in a very selective sector of businesses that are starting to show that they're not able to really put out what they say they can put out sure and i wouldn't even say this is a sign of decline for the tech industry as a whole this is a sign that the strongest ideas rise to the top 
the best business models rise to the top. Yep. And right now, there is not a whole lot of room for investment in things that make you feel good. That make you feel good, but don't back up what they say they're going to do. Exactly. So, that might be a controversial story to run. I don't feel like it really. <laughs> I don't really feel like no, it I is. I don't think it is. That was a great. Like, that was a good story, and it proves a point. I don't feel like it is, especially because there are people out there that act like, "Oh, this is the next. This is a sign of a of the depression." People look for what already happened. People think, oh, well, this bank collapsing is the next. This they're trying to compare it to like the Lehman Brothers or something like that. Which this cannot. This this is not the same thing. Right. Lehman Brothers fucked up because of the housing thing because they were obsessed with the subprime mortgages. Yeah. Which, they were giving out mortgages to people who weren't going to be able to pay it back. Yeah. Which common sense said that this was this bubble is going to pop no matter what. Yep. Common sense also said this bubble is going to pop no matter what. But unless you're a tech startup company you don't have to worry about this difference between this and the lehman brothers is anybody asshole trying to buy a house that was so they could buy a house could have been affected this is only a certain small segment sure anyways i think that's about all i can say about that one that was a good one yeah good one anyways what else you got today man this one's from the daily wire Uh oh police forced to shoot zebra in Ohio after it nearly rips man's arm off, moves in on deputy. Didn't we talk about this a couple weeks ago? This is from March 15th. Maybe not. It <laughs> was like yesterday. Law enforcement officials were forced to kill a zebra in Ohio on Sunday after it nearly tore a man's arm off on his rural property. This this one's <laughs> this one's kind of funny, but it's not funny. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. Deputies from the Pickaway County Sheriff's Office received a call from 72-year-old Ronald Clifton at around 5.30 p.m. on Sunday after he reported being attacked by the animal. A stunned operator asked the man, You got attacked by a what? Oh, hell yes. I think he tore my arm off. Send a <laughs> chopper. Send a chopper. Clifton responded, Come before it gets me again. <laughs> <laughs> When deputies arrived at the scene, they discovered a herd of zebras. <laughs> one of the deputies parked his vehicle in between the victim and the zebra. One of the zebra actually went up to our deputy, the first one that was on the scene, and poked his head towards the driver's side of his car and his window. Pickaway County Sheriff's Lieutenant Jonathan Strasser said the deputy had to hit the air horn to get the zebra to go away. <laughs> While first responders worked on Clifton, deputies had their shotguns drawn as they watched the animal walking around nearby. Video shows the zebra started to walk toward one of the deputies, who walked it back off when the zebra did not stop. He opened fire on the animal from about 15 to 20 feet away. The zebra died just a few feet from the deputy. I had to make a decision, Sergeant Stacy Idle says in the clip. I put a slug right between its eyes. Later in the clip, Idol said, I ain't going to let no one else get hurt. It wasn't going to stop. It kept coming. ABC News reported that Idol, or it's Eitel? E-I-T-E-L. Eitel? Eitel? I don't know. ABC News reported that Eitel said in his report that the male zebra that he had to kill was protective of about five or six female zebras that were in the field at this location upon our arrival. Clifton was taken to a nearby hospital. His family says that he is not expected to lose his arm and is expected to make a full recovery. The local ABC News affiliate reported that zebras are allowed to be pets in Ohio and thus are not likely to be removed from the property. That's the end. Something tells me that this is not the first time that Clifton has been mauled That's by shit. a wild animal. The operator said, you got attacked by a what? <laughs> and then he he tells him to bring the chopper. 
<laughs> which I thought was funny, but makes sense if they're out in rural Ohio. That's what makes you think that this is not his first time. Yeah, he he knows the drill. Right. Like, you got to bring the chopper <laughs> exactly. out here. Exactly. So I really don't know what more we can add to that one. That's funny. That was funny. <laughs> I really don't know. Now, speaking of wild animals, though, I've got a wild guy for you that we're about to talk about. No shit. I'm hoping you don't have this one. This one's going to come from Newsweek, and I'm going to preface this by saying I had a hard time finding news stories this week. I had nothing until I started work today, and I literally <laughs> scrounged up three, one of them being the Buffalo Wild Wings guy. But this one's pretty funny. And this is going to play into a news story that we ran, I don't know, was it episode number 13? This was a long time ago. Damn. Same guy, though. Newsweek.com. Tiger King and Joe Exotic announces 2024 presidential run. <laughs> Tiger King Joe Exotic announced on Wednesday that he is entering the 2024 race for the White House as a libertarian despite currently serving a prison sentence. <laughs> Exotic, whose real name is Joseph Allen Maldonado, or Joseph Maldonado Passage, depending on who you ask, shot to fame as the star of the Netflix docuseries Tiger King and made his campaign announcement on social media. He joins a growing field of presidential hopefuls as former President Donald Trump continues to lead among likely Republican primary voters in most recent polls, and President Joe Biden has yet to formally announce another campaign. Exotic is serving a 21-year prison sentence Find the conviction in 2019 on multiple charges, including two counts of hiring hitmen to murder activist Carol Baskin. He was also convicted of killing tigers and selling them across state lines. It's official. I'm now a candidate for the president of the United States in 2024. Exotic wrote, sharing an image showing his official campaign filing and a link to his website. When one Twitter user asked him why he's running, when it's unlikely that he'll win, Exotic replied, not about winning or losing, it's about making changes. I can't do a good Joe Exotic <laughs> voice. On his website, Exotic addressed his prison sentence, writing, Yes, I know I'm in federal prison. They might think this is a joke, but it's not. It's my constitutional right to do this even from here. And that's about as far as I'm going to get into that one. But Joe Exotic, he's not going down without a fight. You think he's going to win? I don't think he's going to win, but I bet I bet 50 bucks, 100,000 people vote for him. If he was on a ballot, I bet you he would win. No, he wouldn't. If he was on a ballot, if it was if it was Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Joe Exotic, he would win. I don't know about all He would win. Uh, yeah, maybe. He would win. Maybe. If it was a plurality. What is a plurality? Like, what's, like, are we talking the scenario that he's in now? You really you really think he'd win? In prison, he, he somehow made it through the primaries without campaigning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like people are crazy. I don't know. I feel like he'll get votes. Somebody will vote for him. I bet 100,000 people guess- will vote for him. I didn't realize this, and I had this in the news story when I was running it. I guess there was a there was some socialist. This guy named was Eugene V. Debs, who ran in 1920, and he was imprisoned at the time, and he got 900,000 votes <laughs> in 1920. Shit. 1920 as a socialist. 1920. This would have been against who? Fucking Herbert Hoover or Calvin Coolidge? That's Probably crazy. Calvin Coolidge. Yeah. No, this would have been Hoover. I think Hoover ran in 1920. I think Coolidge didn't run. Wait, no. I thought Hoover was later. Hoover would have been... Wilson would have been in 1916. He was a president during World War One. Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Now, he had a stroke before then, so he was, like, debilitated. I don't know if he ran, but it would have been... Wait, what about Warren G. Harding? It would have been Warren G. Harding. Okay, Taft... 
and then Wilson, because Wilson beat Taft because Roosevelt ran against Taft. Woodrow Wilson won that. Wilson, Warren G. Harding won that election, won the 1920 election. He was, and that was also the first election that women were able to vote in across the country. That was when the, uh, what was it, the, the Emancipation Proclamation, or no, suffrage, suffrage. Emancipation Proclamation was in <laughs> that was Abraham Lincoln sixty five. That was when the the suffrage movement four sixty four won the yeah. women the right to vote in presidential elections in nineteen twenty. Yeah, Warren G. Harding was the more attractive candidate. It was said that's how why he won. Sure. Now Warren G. Harding also died in office and he ended up being a terrible president. What a loser! He's from Ohio though. He made he brought all his friends in to be the cabinet. They call him the Ohio Boys. Man, Ohio is just wild now, man. And he he dropped he he died on a train. Like he dropped that on a train. So this had to have been the 1920 election had to have been Warren G. Harding that won. Sounds about right. You know your president's pretty well, so yeah. I um, Harding. I trust you. And then Coolidge would have been his VP. Coolidge would have taken <laughs> over. Coolidge would have won his own election in 1924, but would have chosen not to run in 1928. And then Hoover would have ran in 1928, would have been elected president, and then would have lost to FDR in 1932. That's how it all went. Yeah. Coolidge said, I choose not to run as a sitting president eligible to run again. He was a good president. Yes. Anyways, the Roaring Twenties. What else we got for news? One more. This is from our favorite, UPI Odd News. Uh Uh-oh. Florida professor aiming to spend 100 days in undersea habitat. Okay, I did see this one, but this one is kind of weird. A University of South Florida professor has spent the past 16 days in a structure located 22 feet under the sea. He is planning to remain until he hits a total of 100 days. Joe Dituri, an associate professor at the University of South South Florida, is living in an underwater hotel dubbed the Jules Undersea Lodge, located 22 feet below the surface in a Key Largo lagoon. Deturi said he is aiming to remain for 100 days to break the Guinness World Record for the most continuous time spent in an underwater habitat. The current record of 73 days was set by the Jules Undersea Lodge in 2014 by Bruce Cantrell and Jessica Fain. Deturi said his project was inspired by director James Cameron, who asked the professor to evaluate one of his submersibles in 2012. The professor said he is hoping his experience dubbed Project Neptune will help him make new discoveries including studying the effects that the project had on his own body. Turret is chronicling his project on social media, said he will not be alone the entire duration of the project as student divers will be making occasional visits to the Jules Undersea Lodge. <laughs> That's kind of funny. People are going to be diving down there. Hey, what's up, prof? What if he's like, I don't know, what if he's like changing his clothes or something? <laughs> hey, hey, professor. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. Yeah, but um, there was a guy on Joe Rogan, cannot remember his name, but he spent like two weeks in the ocean, but he was a lot farther down than that. And he spent like two weeks down there. Crazy. See, I could handle the isolation. I don't know if I could handle the claustrophobia. Yeah, That's my bigger fear for sure. Claustrophobia, yeah. Like, I'm okay. Like, I'm I'm probably more introverted than I am extroverted. I'm okay with being alone. I'm not okay with being like cramped in. Sure. Like, this office is about as small as it can get. Sure. Before I'm like... We'll be making it bigger. Sure. But this is like, I, I get kind of sure. anxious, if you will. You need to... You, need... you got to spread my wings. You want to... Should we go right now or... No. You good? We're good. We can get the rest of this episode done. <laughs> Kidding. Anyways, 
Anyways. That was a good news story for sure. Very interesting. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, it's cool to see somebody dedicated to their study like that. Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't know if I would do it. Shit. I would love to be in a position where I had a job where I could justify this. Yeah, exactly. Could you imagine justifying, (laughs) like, for professional reasons, I need to isolate myself for 100 days. If I could be paid to do that, or if I could have a job. For sure. Even if I could, like, not be paid, but I could have a job I can just, like, walk right back to after that. Even if I'm not paid during the duration. That'd be, like, the greatest thing of all time. That would be sweet. That's a goal of mine. Anyways, another goal of mine is to knock out another great episode. Yes, that's a great goal. Now, we have a wonderful main topic, don't we? Yes, we do have a wonderful topic full of all kinds of wonders. Definitely. Now, Ben, this is going to be your episode. Would you like to tell the listeners what we're going to be talking about this week? Pat, this is definitely going to be your episode. We're going to be talking about wonders of the world. Yes, we are. And we don't have any parameters beyond that. (laughs) Ben said he wanted to talk about the seven wonders of the world. Not the seven wonders. It didn't have to be just the seven wonders. I'm talking about the seven wonders. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I got got a bunch of stuff. I got, well, I I have five. Yeah, five wonders of the world. So I have like some man-made wonders, and then I have some natural wonders. Sure. Wonders. Now, the wonders of the world. (laughs) The seven wonders. Whatever. Sure. It's been something that's been said forever. Oh, this is one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. There's like 18 different lists. Yeah, I know. There's all kinds of... You have the seven original wonders of the world. Like three of them don't even exist anymore. Or four of them. Of the of the seven ancient wonders? Yes. Six of them don't exist anymore. Jesus. One of them, they don't know if it ever existed. <laughs> the Gardens of Babylon. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, but like now there's the seven new wonders of the world, and then there's the seven natural wonders of the world, then there's the seven construction wonders of the world, and there's like, there's so many different there's lists so many out different there. There's so many different lists. I had, I had a list that was like, these are like the seven middle ages wonders of the world. Yeah, and I, it's I, like, see, I, still, I think I saw that one. It's like, you just make up whatever list you want to, basically. Basically. Now, on the seven new wonders of the world, I believe Chichen Itza is on that one. Yes. And uh, I almost did that, but we've already talked about it on the show, so I decided not to. Sure. But, yeah, that was an incredible place. Definitely. Pat, you need to to plan a trip to Chichen Itza. Dude, I can't handle most of my normal life, but... (laughs) So you've seen at least one of our seven wonders. Yes. Now, I'm going to start off by saying that the seven ancient wonders of the world, I'm going to say if there is an official list, it's the ancient wonders. I would say so. So, for our listeners that have been listening diligently throughout our podcast, we talked about on episode, was it 91, where we did the World Empires episode, Mm -hmm. which still is one of my favorite episodes that we did. I had a lot of fun researching that one. I had a lot of fun putting that one together. Sure. We talk about Alexander the Great and the Macedonian conquest where they went all the way to India and through Egypt and all that shit. Yep. And this opened up the Hellenistic era, which is the time between Greece being the power and Rome being the power in the Mediterranean. This opened up that era to the world beyond Europe. So wealthy aristocratic travelers of that time in the Hellenistic era, all of a sudden Alexander busted open Persia, the Middle East, India, maybe not as much, but he went all the way down that far and Egypt. 
to the point where all of a sudden this mystical land has been kind of sort of tamed, if you will. So these travelers were able to go to the Middle East. They were able to go to Egypt if they had the coin and the resources and the whatever to survive. So the Seven Wonders of the World concept started from these people going on these journeys across the Mediterranean to Babylon to Egypt, etc. Mm-hmm. And listing the most impressive things that they saw along the way. So, the original seven ancient wonders of the world are the Great Pyramid at Giza. Now, the Great Pyramid at Giza is also the only one that still stands today. That's the only one that we can go out there and look at. Mm -hmm. It also includes the Colossus at Rhodes, which Rhodes was a city-state in Greece. This was a port city-state, and this was a ginormous statue that supposedly straddled the harbor, basically. And if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, and if you've ever seen the soldier on Bravos, I think it's Bravos, is a city where you got the guy with one leg on either side of the shore standing up tall. Yeah. That's what Colossus of Rhodes was. Hmm. Now, the Colossus of Rhodes only stood for like 60 years before an earthquake. I think an earthquake ended up bringing it down. And it was made out of bronze. And then eventually they ended up melting all the bronze down. And <laughs> and there's debate as to whether or not it could have stood on either side of the shore where you've been sailing beneath the guy's legs. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that say that this could not have feasibly been constructed that way because they wanted to shut down the port to do this. And then the Lighthouse of Alexandria apparently is another one. This would have yep. been on the, the Egyptian coast of the Mediterranean, the Lighthouse of Alexandria. The mausoleum at Helicarnassus, which you can still see the the um, the foundation of this one. I don't know a whole lot about this one. This was like a ginormous mausoleum. Mm-hmm. The Temple of Artemis, which would have been a Greek temple to the goddess Artemis. The statue of Zeus at Olympia, which apparently survived for a while, but was taken down once Christianity started to dominate Rome. They didn't want any of the pagan gods or the, the classical Greek gods being worshipped, so they forced to take down of this one. And then the Hanging Gardens of Babylon are the seventh wonder of the world, mm-hmm. ancient world. Now, the Hanging Gardens, nobody really knows, like, what, where actually they would have been. Right. Babylon is more so of a nation as opposed to a city. There's different cities in terms of where would the city have been that would have had these gardens. There's a lot of debate as to whether or not they actually exist. Now, I think they probably would have existed in some part of Babylon. Now, it might have been Nineveh. Nineveh seems to be one place I think probably could have facilitated Hanging Gardens or something like this but this would have been gardens in a desert basically is what this was i'm thinking they were like they were like buildings but they were like levels and each roof had like a garden on it sure i've seen a lot of the pictures look like that and i've seen uh read other descriptions like yeah now there's enough sources that talk about this to the point where i think something existed out there sure whether or not these were hanging from chains or just rooftop gardens i don't really know Mm -hmm. but there had to have been something out there this was listed amongst us seven wonders i have a hard time believing the fact that we have archaeological evidence of every single one of these except for this one i have a hard time believing that it didn't exist me too i agree so anyways that's the seven ancient wonders i talked way too long about that no you're good but to me that's that's the foundational history of the idea but this has been something that's been going on forever Definitely. So, in terms of Wonders of the World, though, Ben, what do you have to talk about? So, first one I'll get into is pretty well known, is the Great Wall of China. Pat, have you ever heard of the Great Wall of China? Yes, I have. So, apparently the Great Wall of China is a part of that new seven wonders list. Yes, I had the 
list somewhere. <clears throat> and uh, so when people don't, a lot of people don't realize that the Great Wall of China, it technically really isn't a wall. It's actually more of like a military fortress sure. almost. Because it's a series of fortifications made of stone, brick, tampered earth, and wood. And it was built along China's historical northern border to protect the Chinese state from invasions and raids and shit like that. Sure. Now, these walls were built longer and taller and joined together over time as they kept building more and more to form basically one big-ass long wall. Sure. But um, the Great Wall had a lot of good pur- purposes, mainly for defense. Basically, well, the main reason it was built was for de- defense. They had, like, garrison stations, troop barracks. Um, it helped regulate trade and transportation of goods, border controls. You know, like, you know, you seen those watchtowers that, that the wall has? You ever seen those pictures? Yes. Yeah, those were built for, like, you know, stopping immigrants from coming in and shit. So the construction of the wall lasted from the 7th century B.C to 1878, but most of the wall was commissioned by China's first emperor, Qin Shi Huang of the Qin Dynasty, 221 to 207 BC. And after that, there were other rulers, Han, Jin, and Ming, that they all added pieces to the wall, but Ming was like the last dynasty to construct the Great Wall on a large scale. Okay, yeah. But the scale of this thing, dude, is absolutely incredible. And the sections of all of the Great Wall of China measure 13,171 miles. Among them, the Ming Great Wall of 5,500 miles. That's kind of overwhelming to think about. It's unbelievable. Think about yeah. that construction feat. And yeah, it literally took that long to build, too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the thing with it. So that is definitely one of the wonders of the world. It's crazy to think that humans can build something like that that long. For sure. And when you, when you get into it, it's like the seven ancient wonders, sure, they're cool, but like, that's not all of it. Sure. But there's so much shit. Like, definitely. the one that, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but Petra, have you heard of Petra and Jordan? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's just so cool to look at. It's like these, like, I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it's like carved like into like a sheer like a yeah like a clay orange desert wall basically but these like huge ass statues and this huge ass shit they they, they they literally carved the city into the side of a rock basically basically it's unbelievable looking we so got, we gotta post some pictures on facebook yes definitely now with the new wonders of the world you got the great wall of china which we talked about petra christ the redeemer which is a statue in brazil which was built in the 20th century so i don't really know based on these other stuff which was built hundreds of thousands of years ago go it's a it's a modern made but it's so really it's striking it's It's awe-inspiring it's it's crazy and rio de janeiro which was where this one was built yep it stands up you got jesus standing up on this huge mountain it's and it's still there it's one that it really pops out yep you got machu picchu which dates back to the 1450s ad chitsen which you've been to so you've seen one of these modern wonders of the world yeah that was awesome you got the Colosseum in italy you got the taj mahal which was finished in 1648 80 in Agra, India. That thing is incredible. Which is, talk about, could you imagine being buried there? Could you imagine building that thing? Exactly. I couldn't imagine that. With the aliens that helped them? Now, this was 1648, though. Yeah, they'd probably, yeah. I think this was just, this was just. (laughs) 
Now, this was the Mogul Empire that built this, which is what we talked about in the last episode, the pirates. We talked about how they got robbed by that one guy, Henry Avery. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. This is the same empire. Oh, no shit. They Small built world. The ta- they built the Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> they built the Taj Mahal in a hundred, couple hundred years. Oh, actually, no. This would have been Henry Avery would have robbed them like 50 years later. <laughs> Unreal. So, yeah. That's funny. But there's been a lot of really cool shit that's been built. Now, my first Wonder of the World is not on any official lists, but it's been included on, like, the... When it comes to, like, the like the medieval lists, like, we want to create our own list of the medieval Wonders of the World. Sure. And this is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I saw this one. Have you ever heard of the Leaning Tower of Pisa? I have. Basically, the Leaning Tower of Pisa is a freestanding bell tower for the Pisa Cathedral, which is in Italy. And it's known for its lean, which is about four degrees. Now, I was curious about this one because I'm like, what the fuck happened with this building, basically? (laughs) So they started construction in 1174 AD. So almost a thousand years ago, they started building this building. Think about that for a second. <laughs> Eight hundred and fifty years ago, they started this shit, and they—it was basically they wanted a, a freestanding bell tower for the cathedral. The tower began to sink after construction progressed to the second floor. <laughs> So they were literally like two stories up in 1178 and it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. Now they had only built a three meter foundation, which is roughly nine and a half feet. And the soil was weak and unstable and they knew about it. It's like, okay, this isn't going to work. So they started building and then they stopped because it was already starting to lean. Yeah. Eventually in the year 1260, they started up building again. So they stopped for almost 90 years. They stopped building this shit and they were like, we fucked up. Eventually they started building again and basically they came up with this whole plan to engineer um basically they they knew that it was going to be leaning but they decided to go with it anyways so they, had it. The, they had this whole plan where they were able to engineer a design where they could distribute the weight necessary so they built it towards a lean but they were able to distribute the weight across it so that it wasn't going to fall <laughs> over basically i can't that's hilarious but there have been <laughs> so many attempts to fix the lean over the years and like, even like in like the 20th century they were trying to fix it and usually when they try to fix it they make the lean makes worse, it worse. <laughs> so yeah that's about all i got with that um, that's hilarious there's a lot going on with the leaning tower of pisa i guess they fixed it between 1993 and 2001 they took it from 5.5 degrees which is pretty severe to 3.97 okay. so they cut it like a degree and a half which is pretty uh, good that helps yeah that's the leaning tower of pizza nice i want to i want to visit that too yeah that's it's weird it's only 183 feet tall at its tallest point okay that's that's that's, that's still pretty tall and there are two stairways but obviously one stairway is, has more stairs than the other <laughs> so ridiculous anyways that's all i got with that yeah leading tower of pisa that's a good one definitely so what other wonders of the world do you have to talk about today sir all right i have pat this is a natural wonder of the world interesting have you ever heard of the great barrier reef i have this is the largest system of coral reef on the planet stretching more than 1,900 miles. I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, it's huge. It can be seen from space. It is the world's single biggest structure made by living organisms. Wow. It has almost every species of coral in the world, located off the northeastern coast of Australia. It's one of the most beautiful underwater spectacles of the world. The Barrier Reef is composed of a, around 9,000 islands and 2,800 individual reefs. The ecosystem hosts also around 400 coral species, 
1,500 fish species, 4,000 kinds of mollusks, mollusks, (laughs) that's hard to say, mollusks, and several mammals and reptiles. The reef has a great universe of color created by the marine life. This thing looks like... Have you ever seen pictures of the coral reef? I'm going to try to find it on Google Maps. We'll have, and we'll put some on the Facebook page. It, it looks like this incredible underwater colorful garden underwater. Like, it's so cool looking. It's so pretty. There's there's nothing else like it on Earth. For sure. So this would be off the, you said the northeastern coast, which I wouldn't have guessed. I would have guessed it was off the northwestern coast of Australia. Underneath Papua New Guinea and northwest of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. For you geography experts out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the Great Barrier Reef. Yes, very interesting. One of the natural wonders of the world. Yes, now, definitely. I, I had all of this somewhere. I threw them on the ground. But very interesting, very good shit. Definitely. Um, uh, and it sucks. They're trying to, I guess it's kind of going away a little bit. It's kind of, you know, with climate change and everything like that. Sure. But um, but they're doing what they they can to preserve it. There's still a lot of it left. And uh, it's really good for the ecosystem of the ocean. Yes, definitely. That, that it's there. If it's not there, it's not good. Definitely. So that's the the great barrier reef one of the incredible things in the world definitely anyways what else you got one more incredible thing for us to talk about sure now back in was it 1994 the american engineer association or something created their own seven wonders of the world based on engineering feats of civil engineering sure and they focused on the 20th century so they talked about things like the cn tower the empire state building yep um, a couple of the dams the big dams they built etc etc but i'm not here to talk about any of that i'm here to talk about the channel have you ever heard of the channel the channel is that that um that that underground tunnel yes the channel tunnel in france it's tunnel sous la manche also known as the channel is a 50.46 kilometer or 31.35 mile underwater railway tunnel that connects Falkenstone, Kent, England, UK, with Coloquet, Hue de Flans, France, beneath the English Channel at the Strait of Dover. So you this is you un- are quite the linguist. I took three years of French. <laughs> I took three years of French. I wasted my life. I'm not fluent in French at all. All I can do is look at a French word and pronounce it properly. <laughs> but it, it's between beneath the English Channel at the Strait of Dover. And it is the only fixed link between the English mainland and Europe. So obviously Britain is an island the uk is an island but the only fixed link is to go through the channel Hmm. now the channel was created in nine well it was they they started building it in 1990 or 1988 they finished it in 1994 so before then if you're going to get across the english channel you're going to swim it you're going to fly it or you're going to boat it you're not going to go underneath it this is the first time where a train tunnel could take you across now you can drive your car to the channel and hop on one of these these trains Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like you don't really realize that you're you're moving across a train because you stay in your car the entire time. It's like a th- they say it's like a half hour, maybe forty five minute journey across. So you drive onto the train. You drive onto it like it's like a conveyor belt. Basically. Okay, it's gotcha. more. I would think more of a conveyor belt than a train, but it is a train. Sure. But you can drive your car on it. So this is underwater. Correct. And you stay on it, and then you get off in France. So is it all the way to, like, the bottom? I don't know about that. Or is it, like... 
floating. My guess is that it's probably floating. Do you think there's like... Or maybe it's completely underneath. Maybe it's completely underneath. Let's see if it says in my notes. It just calls it a tunnel. Because I saw a diagram. Like, they're trying to create, like, highways under the underwater. Sure. And they're and they're going to have them. There's going to be, like, buoys at the surface of the water. And there's going to be something holding these tunnels. And they'll be floating. And then they'll be kind of, like, suspending. You, you understand what I'm saying? Well, they wouldn't be, ch- they wouldn't be tunnels. They'd be tunnels. Yeah. But they would be so you can drive in them. I saw that they're trying to develop something like that. That. Well, maybe the the channel could be a precursor towards that. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm curious as to how they designed it. If you know anything about the channel, please tweet us at 30 and please let us know how it's all designed. I don't actually know. If you are an engineer, tweet us at 30 in though. How would you do this? Definitely. Now, there's a Seinfeld episode where they're going to to the movie theater, but they go they go to see made up movies. Like in Seinfeld, very rarely do they actually go to see an actual movie. And one of the movies was called Channel, and George bought the wrong tickets to shuttle and so he's up there trying to find jerry and kramer and elaine and you just hear the movie screen going everybody out of the channel <laughs> so that's why i know about the channel when i found out it was an actual thing that's funny but that's all i got with that one leave it Appar- to Seinfeld. apparently whatever the hell it is it's a pretty prominent thing because it's one of the seven wonders of the world yeah no shit i so. mean that is huge i mean it's going <laughs> under a fucking river i mean it beat out a fucking channel it beat out a bunch of other things so anyways what else you got ben you ever heard of the lashan giant buddha is that in canada no i did see a giant buddha in canada when i was there this is for sure an ancient wonder this is a statue carved into the side of mount lingyun not far from the city of Chengdu in sichuan providence china this statue is over 1300 years old and is the largest stone buddha in the world and is the largest pre-modern statue i got a post a picture of this on facebook this statue is so freaking cool looking a giant statue construction began in 713 ce when a chinese monk decided that a statue to the buddha might calm the violent waters of these adjoining rivers they like come to a tea or whatever i bet that worked out well sure well it actually did i think <laughs> in 1803 i mean in 803 ce the 71 meter tall statue was completed at the intersection of the min in dadu rivers in southern sichuan providence province it contains a network of drainage channels behind the facing that carry rainwater away from the front of the statue to reduce erosion now it depicts a stout smiling monk calmly sitting resting his hands upon his knees with with heavy lidded eyes gazing across the rivers now this <laughs> this buddha uh is supposedly supposed to be a disciple of Sakyamuni, Sakyamuni, who was thought to have been the founder of Buddhism. The statue is believed to be Maitreya. Maitreya. Hopefully, I didn't butcher that too bad. Can you spell that, please? M A I T R E Y A. Okay. Maitreya. Close enough, probably. So, yeah, the picture of this thing is crazy. It's huge. The statue is huge, and they carved it in the side of a mountain. Now, how big is it? Did they say? Seventy-one meters tall. But that's over two hundred feet. Yeah. Probably two hundred and twenty. It looks massive. It's huge. It's crazy looking. And I can't believe I've never heard of it ever. I haven't heard of it before either. <laughs> that's a good one. 
Never heard of it. Now, is that still up today? I believe so. Yeah. Awesome. You can you can go visit it, walk around it and shit. Well, I'm I can't be trusted in China, but maybe maybe one day. Sure. Anyways, I got one more. You do have one more. Let's you get know, into it. I got a couple more. I can I can get through them quick. I've got no more. Have you ever heard of Newgrange? No. This place is shrouded in mystery. Located in County Meath, Ireland, this okay. incredible building was built during the Neolithic era, 3200 BC. It's older than Stonehenge. This ain't just no building. It's a dome. Nearly 280 feet wide at its widest point, 43 feet high, the circular monument has an inner stone passageway and chambers containing human bones as well as items thought to have been grave goods and votive offerings. Now, it's now recognized to be more than just a passage tomb. This is like an ancient temple, which they think it was more fitting for a place of uh, astrological, spiritual, religious, ceremonial importance. And what's cool is this is a piece from their website, newgrange.com. This place is best known for their illumination of its passage and chamber by the winter solstice. They put like this, they carved like this part in the, uh, uh, it's called a roof box by the entrance. And right at the summer solstice, the sun shines right through it. See, that shit and, blows my mind. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And uh, at dawn, hold on one second. This is the piece from their website. Above the entrance to the passage at New Grange, there's an opening called a roof box. This baffling orifice held with great surprise for those who unearthed it. Its purpose is to allow sunlight to penetrate the chamber on its shortest days of the year around December 21st, the winter solstice. Solstice. At dawn from December 19th to 23rd, a narrow beam of light penetrates the roof box and reaches the floor of the chamber, gradually extending to the rear of the chamber. As the sun rises higher, the beam widens within the chamber so that the whole room becomes dramatically illuminated. How fucking crazy is that? So it travels up the room and then eventually fills the whole room. How sweet is that? It's incredible. The accuracy of the New Grange as a time-telling device is remarkable when one considers that it was built 500 years before the Great Pyramids and 1,000 years before Stonehenge. This is more wondrous than the other wonders of the world that we've talked about. Like, how is Literally. this not one of the fucking most wonderful <laughs> wonders ever? Seriously. Literally. <laughs> and... Last one I brought to the table today. We've talked about it multiple times on the episode, but I felt like I had to bring it up. Gobekli motherfucking Tepe. <laughs> we gotta get a fucking Graham Hancock on the show. <laughs> Graham Hancock, if you're out there, tweet us at 30 in the. Please, sweet ass, please let us know how about Go Blackly, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I got, basically. Wonders so of gonna, the world. We're not going to talk about Go Blackly. Oh, we, oh, we can talk about Go Blackly, Tabby. Maybe yeah. I'll give the listeners a breakdown in case this is like their first listen ever and they haven't heard of any of our previous episodes. You got just give them like the like the two sure. minute like the two sure. minute breakdown. So this is probably the biggest wonder of the world. This is the oldest temple or ritual site on Earth. The pillars are the oldest known megaliths on Earth. Nobody really knows what is before Gobekli Tepe. No one knows how this place come about. No one knows its purpose. And this is this is like the, the first of everything. This changes all of history, Gobekli Tepe. Yeah, it's literally like the earliest man-made structure, but it's more impressive than a lot of the things that we've seen pre- since then. Definitely, yes. 11,800 11, years ago? Yep, around 12,000. It's in yeah. Turkey. Yep. And it's one of many things that they've actually ended up finding. It's like the biggest and best of a bunch of megalithic structures. 
structures. Yes. It's like Stonehenge, but buried, but there's a lot more going on with it. Definitely. Now, we've talked about this on our archaeology episode. We've talked about this plenty We've talked of about this multiple times. It really is a game changer. There's a Netflix series. I can't remember what the hell it's called, but there's a Netflix series out there that's like it's like a Turkish series where they translate it in American or whatever that is fixated. Like, the story revolves around the archaeologists working on the site. That's awesome. It's one of the most important things that we've ever found. It really changes our understanding of humanity and really gives us evidence to say that human culture has been existing for a lot longer than yep. this, the average anthropologists want to believe. Definitely. It shows that twice, it's like the Sumerians at 5,000 5, years ago, 6,000 years ago, we might have thought they were the earliest, but they probably were not the earliest advanced civilization. Definitely not, because we have Gobekli Tepe. Exactly. So, yes, if there is a wonder of the world, that is it. That is the most important one of the world. Definitely. Everything else we can explain, this one we can't explain. I had to bring that to the table. We definitely did. And I feel like this episode would not have been complete without it. And I'm happy that we kind of talked about Stonehenge a little bit, because the, the story wouldn't be complete without that either. Definitely. I feel like we really jumped across. Uh, we really kind of hit every continent, except for Antarctica. I don't know if we'd hit North America. Well, I guess we did with Chichen Mm-hmm. We really kind of hit the entire world. Yeah, we did. Today. We did good so, today. Um, and the polar ice caps also are wonders of the world. Definitely. So I guess that is here. We hit all seven. We hit all seven continents. Just there we go. That. So, anyways, I feel like this is a really interesting discussion, considering the kind of content that we do. Yeah, this was fun. this was a good one. This, this was, was really good. this was a lot better than maybe I thought it was four days ago when we came up with the idea. I was like, ah, we'll see, we'll see what we can do. This, this was, was awesome. A, this was a good discussion. This is it's, it's good research too. Yes, definitely. And I feel like this is something that we could possibly build on in the future. I feel like our listeners could have a lot of input in terms of what maybe we could have talked about or what else we could talk about. Yeah, add to add anything like post whatever the hell you guys want on our Facebook, on Twitter. Talk about whatever whatever the hell you guys want to talk about. Exactly. And I think we could put a challenge up there for our Facebook viewers and our Twitter followers. What would 4.30 in the morning's Wonders of the World be? For I for feel sure. like we could put that up there. Yeah, hell yeah. So we'll take the top seven responses, and maybe in the future <laughs> we'll do a 4.30 in the morning Wonders of the World. Hell yeah. Anyways. Sounds good to me. On that note, I do think it's about time for us to get out of here. Yeah, we've run pretty long here. We definitely did. <laughs> uh, please tweet us. Please check out all the former episodes. Please tell all your friends and family about it. Make them listen. Share the show. Tweet it out. Like the posts if we post something, like it. We're on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Tell all your friends. We're over 100 episodes, so they got a backlog to listen to. If they want a new podcast, something kind of underground, if you will. We have a lot of hours of content now. Yes, there's something for everyone, I would say. Definitely. So, thank you very much, guys, for listening, though. Please uh, share it. Please let everybody know. But I think it is about time for us to get out of here. So, thank you very much, guys. Peace. This this one's <laughs> this one's kind of funny, but it's not funny. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. Deputies from Pickaway County Sheriff's Office received a call from 72-year-old Ronald Clifton at around 5:30 p.m. Hold on, I haven't read this whole thing, but the 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 beginning is really fucking funny. It's really funny. All right, I gotta it, compose myself. Here. It, it better be funny, dude. <laughs> the anticipation is killing me. Cut. I had to make a decision. 
Sergeant Stacy Eitel says in the clip, I put a slug right between his <laughs> He did not say that. <laughs> Dude, he literally said that. Cut. God damn it. <laughs> God. That was me, sorry. Nope. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, shit. God. Fuck. (laughs) You can answer it if you want. No. We'll see how it goes. It's been a long week. I don't know if it's going to be as good as the pirate episode, but... I don't know. What was the last one we just did? Pirates. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a good one. I thought that was a funny episode. Graham Hancock was good. Yeah, we're on a good... Uh, good little streak. Definitely. Hopefully... hopefully God damn it. Cut. Shit, we haven't even started the episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm, I was literally at work, and I was... I messed up, and I literally said, <laughs> cut. <laughs> I was like, cut. I'm like, fuck. She was like, what? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was funny as fuck. God damn it. That was a couple weeks ago. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Anyways. Is this 102? Yes. I, at least I hope so. We've talked about it multiple times on the episode, but I felt like I had to bring it up. Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli motherfucking Tepe. Gobekli motherfucking Tepe. That was funny. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> We gotta get a fucking Graham Hancock on the show <laughs> Graham Hancock, if you're out there, tweet us at 30 in the... Please tweet us. Please let us know how about Go Blackly, Mother Bagley. Yeah, that's that's all I got basically. Wonders so gonna, of the world. We're not gonna talk about go back. Oh, we can, oh, we can talk about go back with Tebby. And President Joe Biden has yet to formally announce another campaign. Exotic is cat. Exotic is serving a twenty-one year presidential sentence. <laughs> <laughs> presidential cat. It's been something that's been said forever. Oh, this is one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. There's like 18 different lists. Yeah, I know. There's all kinds of... You have the 17... God. (laughs) God. You have the seven original wonders of the world. Like, three of them don't even exist anymore. Or four of them. 